you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Welcome back, everyone, our audience of viewers and listeners. We so appreciate the audience and your appreciation of the podcast. And I'm glad to be back with you. Of course, I'm Roger from Restaurant Rockstars. And in this episode, I'm trying to give you an objective opinion on technology. Technology in the hospitality space moves forward at lightning speed. Every single day, there's a new piece of technology or development, or so it seems. And our goal is to bring you this technology so that you can make an informed decision. Now, at the heart of it all would be the point-of-sale system. But POS systems today are so far advanced from where they used to be, and they have so many features and benefits that help you run a stronger, more efficient business. But with that said, today's guest, Mr. Salim Khatri, He's the CEO of a company called Lavu, and yes, they do have a POS with a full suite of features. We'll talk about some of that, of course, in the podcast, but really what we're trying to achieve is to give you an objective view of what's really important if you're looking for a new system or if you're looking for your first system. Now, of course, there are full management suites out there that help you with inventory and the reporting is so far advanced and everything is cloud-based today. And you can, you know, by virtue of having a device in your hand, you can be traveling anywhere and look at minute-by-minute data in your operation. So with that said, this episode, of course, features a point-of-sale system, but it also features just what you should be looking for if you're looking to upgrade by your first system and what's important. So thanks for listening and thanks for tuning in. This is late-breaking news, folks. Roger from the Restaurant Rockstars podcast here. And of course, this episode with Salim Khatri of Lavu is all about the Lavu POS system. However, we recorded this weeks ago before the COVID-19 crisis really took hold. And now we're going to talk all about Salim's pivot with his company to an online ordering system called Menu Drive. And that was important before, but it's more important now than ever. I'm really glad you were able to come back on, Salim, and tell us all about Menu Drive. So tell us first about your pivot, and then let's talk about what Menu Drive is, how it works, and how it integrates with the existing systems and the Labu system. Absolutely, Roger. Thanks so much, and I'm excited to be back. I hope you and your family are doing great uh, and safe during these unprecedented times. You as well. We're doing fine. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You know, it's an interesting story. About uh, six or seven weeks ago, I was in Mexico. I was in Mexico City uh, working on a project because we were going to launch uh, some POS products down in Mexico. And it was 1130 at night. And I, I saw my phone ring. And usually when people are calling you at 1130 night, it's not great news. It was the chairman of, of my board uh, from my company, Lavu, and he said, I've been talking to a lot of smart people, and uh, I believe that China is underrepresenting the amount of uh, COVID-19 infections, and I actually think it's five or six times higher, and we need to prepare a plan because your customers are small and medium-sized businesses, i.e. local restaurants they're going to be hit the hardest if COVID-19 turns out to be our worst nightmare, which, it, as we know, fast forward, that's exactly what's, what's happened. Um, and I said, well, I got, this, I got this product called Menu Drive. It's an online ordering solution. It's, it's online ordering, and it also is marketing for restaurants. 
Um, we haven't really paid too much attention attention to it. It's been kind of one of our our, our, our products in our portfolio. But I think this could really take off as restaurants need to shift from an offline or brick and mortar model to an online model where, where restaurants are effectively going to be shut down. And the only way they can survive is if they're taking not only online orders, but they have to turn their restaurant into essentially an assembly line where they get an order online and have to pump out the food so somebody can come and pick it up up front or it goes into delivery. I came back from Mexico, I thought about it on my whole flight, you know, home back to Florida. I assembled my team, my leadership team, and I said essentially the same thing, that we have a problem. COVID-19 is going to be a lot worse than we think. We need to turn this ship around really, really fast, and we need to get menu drive in front of as many people as possible. So as I mentioned earlier, menu drive is online ordering, but it's a chief marketing officer in a box. And so many restaurants are owned by sole proprietors. I think the small business administration says that 73% of small businesses are owned by a sole proprietor. So, and each restaurant on average has less than seven employees. That's a really, really small organization. Yes, it is. Right. And, and, and they're all typical have specialized functions. And oh, by the way, none of it is digital marketing, right? The most marketing they do is word of mouth. Some of them know how to use Facebook. Some of them know how to use Instagram. And that's typically the millennial generation. They don't do anything digital and they have no way of tracking their progress. So what if there was a way that we can not only get them online in less than one hour, upload their menu, and allow them to be in front of the world where they could solicit an order from anybody that has access to the internet, and oh, by the way, we give them insights and we teach them how to market their business, which allows them to grow and survive and thrive in this unprecedented time. That's exactly what we've done. That's exactly what we've done. Wow. That's amazing. So... How long does the onboarding process take? And you're, as you mentioned, I mean, this is so unprecedented and so many restaurants are now pivoting and being forced to pivot and they found you and you have mm-hmm. an overwhelming amount of business, which is tremendous and you're able to handle that. That's great. But tell us about, you know, the on- onboarding process, not only with the, uh, the menu integration and, and loading that so that customers know what is available now, because a lot of restaurants have limited their menus and limited their service, mm-hmm. but then yeah. the marketing piece. So if you could just explain that. Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, unlike the online ordering services that many of us know about, there's a couple of big differentiators. One is we go head to head with Uber Eats. If you were at a restaurant, you are giving 30 to 40% of mm-hmm. each order away to mm-hmm. Uber Eats because they sourced that customer for you, i.e. they found that customer and they marketed you on their on their app, right? So it's a great business for them. It's actually what's driving Uber's growth, which is Uber Eats. Yes. But it's yes. but it's horrible for a small restaurant, right? Like huge like, margins huge, lost, yeah. Huge margins. And oh but and so what so what menu drive does is we we cut all that out, right? And so what you have to pay us, you don't have to pay anything up front, so there's no monthly minimum. There's no onboarding fee. We just take a small percentage only when you actually do an order and you're able to save, you know, I, I did the math for a handful of our clients, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month from serve, for some large franchises yes. and then millions of dollars a year. But it, it, it translates into 
a massive savings for everybody. So that's that's the first value proposition is is the profitability. Number two is ease of on ease of boarding onboarding. You can onboard onto Menu Drive in less than one hour. We're we're building a self service portal where people can come to MenuDrive.com and they can literally within thirty seconds they can just enter in their name, their restaurant information, upload their logo, upload their menu. Right, which take, may take a little bit more time because they have modifiers and such, and then be online. And then from there, we offer Facebook, Google, and other integrations where they can use to share and promote and market their, market their product. I had no idea it was that simple and that quick and that fast. That is unbelievable. So someone can literally, you know, in an hour, be up and running and, and pivoting. And if they've already pivoted to this model, here's – and you're, you're offering this now, I, I understand – the platform for free for the foreseeable future? Or how is that working? Yeah, so we're doing, we're taking a completely different approach. You don't have to talk to a salesperson. You don't have to talk to anybody. You just come to the website. And that's something that we're building on. Our, our What we charge is, we charge 4.5% of the order, yes. which pales in comparison to the 30 or 40% that you charge Uber Eats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that includes your credit card processing, so that four four and a half percent includes your credit card processing rate, and includes free delivery. So we've partnered with DoorDash, and you get free delivery for your customers. That's excellent. All right. Okay. Wow. With DoorDash. So someone goes to MenuDrive.com, and they can literally set themselves up and take it from there, and literally be up and operating the same day, literally in an That's- hour or two. That's right. That's right. We want to make this super easy for people. And what I what I tell customers is, please don't op- over-optimize during this time. Mm. Now is the time for you to get your restaurant online. My staff and I will help you iron out the kinks as you go along. And there's two stats that really have driven me to be able to be so bold with my customers. Literally, I wrote it in bold. Stop, 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 you know, over-optimizing, get online. Number one is in March. Menu Drive, restaurants that were on Menu Drive, grew their sales 35% versus the previous previous month. And the national average was down 31%. So I'll say that again. Restaurants on Menu Drive grew their sales 35%. The national average was down 31%. So you're looking at a 100% swing, 100% difference. Number two, if you look at the last recession, 80% of the businesses that were shut down temporarily for one month back in 2008, 2009 went out of business forever. So if you were eight out of 10 businesses that were shut down for at least one month went out of business forever. And so what I'm telling them is get online ASAP. It doesn't matter if you're selling your top five items. It's okay. Don't, don't over-optimize. Now is the time. Let us help you. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Just talk to as many customers and customers and be help, as helpful as possible. Well, Salim, this is certainly a time where the industry is rallying together and businesses, service providers of all types are really doing their part to help restaurants that are stricken by this crisis, not just uh, survive, but really succeed and, and move forward. And Obviously, Menu Drive is is doing such a wonderful job in in meeting that objective, and you're giving people an opportunity to change their business model because I think 
there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, dine-in service. And when it does come back, no one knows what volume of customers will actually be comfortable sitting in restaurants for a while. And this whole delivery right. model is the pivot that will change your model for the future. And even if dine-in does come back to the extent it was, here's a whole new profit center to increase revenues in excess of what you did before. So I think you're providing a tremendous value to the industry. You do uh, provide the free online ordering platform. You, we've talked about how easy it is to integrate, and I understand it works with Lavu, but any other POS system as well, integration is widespread. So there's really no reason why you wouldn't take a look at this, and I'm really glad that we did this last-minute addendum because, again, we're trying to do everything we can to give our audience the information that'll help them not just succeed, um, not just survive, I should say, but really move their business forward. So, Salim, any last-minute uh, thoughts? I know we can find you at menudrive.com. It's simple. It's easy. You get people up to speed in as little as an hour, which is amazing. And, again, it's another profit center for your business. No, that's absolutely right. And the one thing that I would say is the POS world is still something that's important to us. It's going to be in the background, right? We say that good technology is something that you can't really see. It just magically works. POS is going to have to be redesigned from the bottoms up in nine or 12 months. Once we get through this, there's a vaccine and there's going to be, you know, cloud kitchens. There's going to be, you know, delivery at the forefront, pickup, et cetera. So we're going to take a holistic view and we're going to evaluate what that looks like. But right now, it's what you said. Get online. Get online fast. Let us help you. Let us help you grow your business. You know, we stand with you and all the other local restaurants that are out there. Well, folks, I definitely want you to listen to the Lavu episode or view it because we do video and audio. This is an addendum to that podcast. And again, if you're interested in a new POS system, because we are advocating that now that you have limited service or your restaurant is idle or shut down, now is the time to improve your business to, again, give yourself the best chances for success in the future. And I believe this episode was very robust. Uh, again, Salim and I spoke weeks and weeks ago before this crisis really became this pandemic and this, you know, unprecedented disruption to our industry. So the episode is still highly relevant, but now more so than ever. So thanks again, Salim, for coming on. And that's uh, once again, menudrive.com. Thanks again. And we will see you in this episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, engaging solutions that help restaurants rock their profits, build their brands, deliver amazing guest service experiences. I'm really excited today to have Mr. Salim Khatri, and he is the CEO of a company called Lavu, and they specialize in point of sale and system solutions just for the hospitality space. Welcome to the show, Salim. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here today. Well, you know, this podcast is all about giving our audience and our listeners ideas and, you know, best practices and anything that'll help them improve their business. And, you know, everybody needs a point of sale. And technology has changed so much because when I ran restaurants 25 years ago, 20 years ago, the systems were cumbersome and you had to pay a fortune for the hardware. You had to, you know, pay the software license. You had to pay a maintenance contract because when the hardware went down, they would replace it for you. But that was a couple thousand bucks a year. And not mm -hmm. to mention, 
you know, there really weren't any handhelds and there weren't iPads and you couldn't have the convenience of going to the table to serve the customer and the ease of payment processing and all those things. And now, you know, it's completely different. And I know your company is, you know, is really at the leading edge of what is available from a tech perspective. But before we get into what LaVu is all about, I'd really like to ask you, um, your backstory is very heavily in technology. You've got an MBA from Harvard Business School, arguably one of the best MBA programs out there. You know, it's it's always Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, you know, those are the mm-hmm. top three. And in my mind, uh, I got an MBA from Babson, specialized in entrepreneurship. Hey. It was a great experience. Great school. So, yes. Harvard MBA, and then you, did you have a tech background prior to, to getting your MBA? Did you sort of pivot at some point in your life? Where did the tech yeah, come in? It's, uh, you know, always an interesting, always an interest in technology growing up, you know, just like to play around with computers and <clears throat> um, video game consoles, et cetera, et cetera. But yes. was pretty much was pretty much numbers and, and finance all the way up until that point. <clears throat> but what happened was I was at Goldman Sachs for the summer while I was at Harvard Business School. And then I thought for sure I was going to go back to Goldman Sachs when I graduated, like most MBAs would. And lo and behold, the world uh, crashed. <clears throat> and at that point, I just said to myself, I'm done being the guy behind an Excel or a computer screen. I just don't want to do it anymore. I've had a fantastic run. Mm-hmm. And I've had the opportunity to meet with senior business leaders and make decisions at a very young age but I really want to go into something that excites me that I can leverage all of my experience. So I got a job as a chief of staff uh, for Sears Holdings. So I went from Goldman Sachs to selling refrigerators and dishwashers. Um, At that time, Sears was a $45 billion business. I was sold on the fact that the company was going to turn around. We quickly realized that that wasn't happening. And if you fast forward to today, you know, Sears has filed for bankruptcy. And yes. I right. think I made the right decision. Mm-hmm. But I did mo- that, that opportunity at Sears allowed me to get my first startup job in Silicon Valley. <clears throat> so I left everything and I moved to Silicon Valley with one suitcase. Uh, I had no place to live. And uh, I joined a company that was going to make digital textbooks. Everything was going to be done on, on a two-sided basically iPad, if you will. And that was my first technology experience. And it was just an amazing, amazing experience and and effort by the team. Was that a startup or was that an established company when you joined it? That that was a startup. So we raised raised over $80 million from Andreessen Horowitz, which is one of the best VC firms in the world. Um, And then ultimately we sold that business to Intel. their education arm. And then after that, I started another business, which was a technology enabled uh, men's sampling service for, you know, fragrances, shaving cream, etc. And, uh, and wanted to take some personal time was asked by, uh, by the, the Obama administration to join the US Treasury Department to help us reclaim the money from the auto bailout. Um, and sort of one thing led to another, and I was kind of going going back and forth between both coasts. That's fascinating. What a background you have. So then you, you obviously developed, well, not only the interest that you had in technology growing up and as a young person, but then you had exposure in Silicon Valley to startups and, and tech. Did you become a, a programmer at any point in your life? Did you have those skills? You know, I, I never became a programmer and I always look back and say, you know, what would I change? I yeah. do believe that, you know, I do believe that life is not a straight line. No. I'm very fortunate to be in the seat that I'm at, I'm in today. 
but you know, if I really wanted to supercharge things, yeah, I would have probably focused on computer science in undergrad rather than finance and accounting. I think that that experience is really, really critical for young people today. It is for sure. But so is the finance part and being really solid with numbers and math is so important as a life skill. And I know I've got two young daughters and it's like, I'm definitely pushing them in that direction to get solid grounding in those, in those basic skills. And they've developed an interest in it. And who knows, you know, it's amazing what the kids today can do versus what Mm -hmm. we back then and and the technology they have at their disposal if they channel that in a positive direction you know that that's absolutely right i mean i have uh i have three kids my my second daughter when she was two years old she was playing with the ipad she knows the passcode and you know it's just amazing what that's uh, what steve jobs has built it's really really just changed the world so let's uh let's fast forward to recent how how long ago did you start lavu so I joined Lavu almost two years ago. Um, so uh, after the Treasury Department, I, I started another startup uh, called Instavest. It was backed by Y Combinator, which is a seed stage investment firm in the I'm Valley. I'm familiar, yes. Right? Yep. So as, as a former entrepreneur, you know, or as an entrepreneur, you definitely know that. That was an amazing experience. And I really learned, I'd say the two biggest lessons I learned there is, you know, building something that customers want and managing your emotions as a leader or a startup founder. Mm-hmm. So after Instavest wound down, I had an opportunity to join Lavu. And I joined Lavu as a senior vice president focused on finance and business development. So you know, making sure the numbers were ticking and tying, but also seeing what deals or partnerships that were out there that could supercharge Lavu and the business. Ultimately, I was given the opportunity to uh, based on my based on my work, I was given the opportunity to become CEO of the business, and we you know we grew fifty percent uh, year over year in my first year. Um, and so again, you know, life is not a straight line. You just kind of have to be there for opportunities, and you really have to seize them when when you get that opportunity and make the most of it. Now you've got some um, really impressive statistics. Lavu has thousands of customers in over 90 countries now, which is impressive. Mm-hmm. You obviously made a splash in a saturated marketplace because there's so many different tech companies that are hospitality based and some of the larger food service companies have now either purchased systems or they develop their That's own right. systems. So it is a competitive marketplace but you've got some competitive advantages that have led you, you know, to have customers in 90 plus countries. I think I, I saw on your website that you've got billions in food transactions that have gone through mm-hmm. the systems and all this sort of thing. So mm-hmm. let me go back to what I said earlier in the conversation about, you know, two decades ago, how technology has so shifted now. And if you were to put your operator sort of hat on and give your best advice to an existing restaurant operator or somebody who's starting their very first restaurant, what should they be looking for in a system solution? Not only point of sale, but point of sale goes beyond just entering the orders and sending right. them to the kitchen. I mean, there's so many different, and you have an office suite and all sorts of things we're going to get into, but what would your best advice be for someone looking for either a new system or for the very first time, or I, I got to get rid of this system. It's just not sure. making my business efficient anymore. You know, when, when people come to me for advice, I don't like to be very, I don't like to be authoritative. Hmm. I'd like to help them get to the realization that something may or may not be good for them. And so the way that I would basically ask is, 
you know, what is it that you're looking for? Why did you start your restaurant? Nine times out of a ten, out of ten, people start their restaurant because they want to host, or they love cooking, or they love they love building something from nothing, right? Yes. And uh, right. and the, but they never ever say it's because I want to enter a PO, I want to enter an order in a POS system, or I want to enter. I want to deal with loyalty rewards for a customer, right? They never have ever said that to me. <clears throat> and so my advice would be to choose a system that will allow you to focus on the things that matter most to you, right? And so what that means is if you want to host, if you want to cook, if you want to you know, bring 100 or 200 people into your restaurant per night and make sure they have the most amazing night of their life, you need a system that is essentially invisible. Right, you need a system that will have software and payments integrated into it, and you need a system that everything just works. Right, and so obviously I'm biased. I'll guide people toward Lavoo because that's our company, and mm -hmm. we really care for our customers. But that's kind of the overarching piece of advice that I would give: is you need something that just works, is is battle tested, and that allows you to focus on the things that matter most to you not necessarily the minutia of running the restaurant. Now, Lavu is, is completely, um, it's iPad-based. It's, it's also cloud-based, which is something yes. that, you know, if you go back in time again, we had these very cumbersome battery backup things that would last maybe 15 or 20 minutes, and you kind of get your house in order, and then all of a sudden the system's going to go down. You know, this, right. this takes me right. back to the good old days. And now everything is cloud-based, so obviously that takes away that challenge. And the mobility is so important, not only for the ease of use for the front of house staff, but also the convenience of the customer. I mean, we're mm -hmm. talking, you can take these things right to the table to take the order. You can payment process right there. It's not lost. It's no wasted steps. I mean, that's one of the biggest features right there. And, and Lavu really specialized in that from the get-go, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So for for the longest time, Lavu was all things to all people. So if you were a customer and you needed a feature, we would write that right away. No questions asked. The developers would get on it. And that's why we have such an amazing and robust suite of features. But what you're talking about, uh, bringing payments to the table and having handheld devices to be able to manage your business on is really the wave of the future, right? Customers, our restaurant operators need to be able to turn tables faster. And the way you turn tables faster is not by asking the customer to come up to your old clunky POS, but by going to that person when you recognize that he or she may be done with their meal and dessert and tea, and then just allowing them to check out super quickly so you can get the next person. Absolutely. So we want to drive that efficiency. And technology costs have come down so much that we're able to give this to our customers at such an affordable and easily implementable, you know, price point. That's fantastic. So is it, uh, are you leasing equipment at all um, or are people providing their own iPads? I mean, how does that all work? And, and do you have a tier of services or is it all inclusive for one price? How does your pricing model work? So, so uh, traditionally we've been a la carte. We've had a month to month, no contract approach. So $79 a month per terminal, and then you add on Lavu loyalty, Lavu gift cards, et cetera. We've moved in the direction where we also want to provide you a payment solution, uh, which is, you know, I would say on average five to six times what you might have get from other people in the payment processing business. We're very competitive. That's number one. We also want to provide you with an online ordering solution because nowadays 
the the generation under me is, as you know, with you talked about your daughters, they're doing everything on their phone, right? And they want sure. either delivery or instant gratification. And then we also provide accounts payable automation. So one of the things that restaurant operators hate is getting a paper invoice in the mail where they have to take their checkbook out or log into their laptop, take away time from the register or the kitchen, and they have to manually type everything in. With Lavu, you can just take a picture of the bill or the invoice. It goes into the cloud, automatically goes into your bill pay system, and you're done. So it's all about efficiency, and we have a fantastic bundle that allows people to do that. Uh, that's uh, $499 uh, on, on contract, but it's processing, point of sale, online ordering, accounts payable, you name it, it's one-stop shop. Let's go, let's talk about, um, I know you've got an app, it's called uh, obviously um, the pilot app, and that allows operators to view their reports from anywhere, because obviously yes. we're not always in the restaurant, a lot of us are, you know, right. running 24-7, but there's also travel and downtime, and this makes it easy for you to follow up on the critical numbers that are important to your business when you need to see them, and you can now see them from anywhere. But let's talk about all the different reports, because these systems have have been so have been created so robust now that they offer so many different reports so you can zero in on so many different aspects of your financial performance of a restaurant what are the right. most important you know reports that operators should really pay attention to and how easy is it to access that information yeah i mean the most in, in, in important reports are the end, end of day cash till reports, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to see out your register and being able to see how you did on a cash basis at the end of that day to make sure everything is reconciled, your tips are reconciled, you know you know how much revenue you have, you understand what your costs are. And so I just want to go back to the accounts payable solution a little bit because it sure. is tied to reports. Yes. What we're going to be doing right now with Standalone, we're going to be integrating that solution into our inventory program. Now, for the first time, restaurant operators will be able to see a real-time P&L or a real-time income statement of how they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, right? So they know they're, they're serving steak, chicken, and fish to the various tables, and they're, they're selling wine, and they're selling soda. So we know what the expenses are, plus their labor. We know what their expenses are for the day, but, not, but now we'll be able to tell them, hey, uh, Jim, you need to sell $20,000 today in order to break even. That gives somebody a goal. And when humans have a goal, they understand what it is that they have to run towards and they will automatically become much better at accomplishing their vision. And so those that technology is part of the reports that you just talked about. Now, that end-of-day report, sales report, now all these reports, I understand, are fully customizable. So you work with the That's customer right. to customize the report. So you, mm -hmm. can, you can rank um, categories or in terms of sales volume from most, you know, highest sales to lowest, and you can really see what's moving on a daily basis and all that sort of thing. Is there also a feature that allows you to compare, let's say, server sales from one to another to see, you know, okay, this person is a superstar, you know, a salesperson, mm -hmm. because let's face it, sales are the lifeblood of this business. Sure. And sure. you've got order takers on the floor and you've got people that suggestively sell and increase the check average at the table, which has always, you know, been super important to operators. And yeah. is there a feature that will allow us to do that? 
Absolutely. Uh, so there's definitely a way to see how your servers are doing. And then mm -hmm. you can export all this information into CSV, which you can open in your Excel file, your Google Sheets file, or your Apple numbers file. And then you can manipulate the numbers um, there as well. So there's there's no there's no end to how much analysis you can do. And as a former analyst, that's something that's really important, yeah. right? But we also want to try to make it easy for the operators. Like we know what it takes to be successful to run a restaurant business. So we try to put all those things up front so they don't have to go and manipulate the data after they've downloaded it. So we try to give you the answer right away. Okay. And there is a payroll as well function to this yes. because obviously yes. everybody is punching in and out on the iPad when they start their shifts and that sort of thing. And yes. that must be obviously very intuitive and, and easy to use as well. And it just... Absolutely. It literally cuts the process down tremendously. I remember in the old days, again, I keep going back to that old system I had, but you could print a payroll report. And it'd be like 10 pages long and we'd have to go through the whole thing, compare it against the schedule. You could edit punches if somebody punched in early without that approval, but it took like an hour to do the payroll. It was ridiculous. And yes. now it, you can do it in like 10 minutes. It's like bang, 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 and it's done. You can edit on the screen. All these features are now possible with this system, right? That, that's correct. And so the, the test or the, the joke that, that's around the office is if Salim can close out a register at the end of the day, then we know we built a product that is easy to use because I never, I did, my first job was working at an ice cream parlor. Like okay. I was the guy oh, at the wow. register and right, I was the right. guy scooping ice cream, but you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't run a full fledged restaurant. Um, but so, but we want to make it so easy that somebody who, is thoughtful can at least close out a register because as you know, restaurant turnover is yes, very, very high. Right. Oh yeah. That's a very important point you're making because again, labor shortage, hard to, you know, find, keep motivated, great staff. And with the turnover and you're finding new people all the time in many restaurants and you're yeah. training them and there's a cost to that and there's a That's downtime right. to that until people get up to speed. So yeah. this, this is simplifying an operator's, you know, life and, and challenges on a day-to-day -day basis to get people up to speed really quickly and as intuitive as the interface is and to learn and to pick it up easily and you poke fun at yourself. If Salim can do it, anybody yeah, can do it. <laughs> that's, that's right. Okay. The, the, the other thing that I would yeah. add to that is we, um, for one of our largest clients, it's a major university in New York. Uh, you can use your imagination. Okay. Uh, we have, yeah. we have a number of Lavu kiosks uh -huh. uh, deployed at their, at their, in their cafeteria. So a kiosk is exactly what you might right. imagine. Right. You would just go up to the screen, you would hit a couple buttons, and you would order. Our data shows that the average order size compared to a waiter or waitress is 21% higher with kiosk because we collect the data mm. and we know across all of our thousands of restaurants around the world, if you order a hamburger, you're 82% likely to order very, a very specific size of fries. So we will upsell you automatically. And then once you get the fries, you get the Coke. And if you get the Coke, you might get the apple pie too. And so we're constantly... You know, for such a long time, POS was POS was enabled to just kind of help a restaurant run and plug orders in. Now I think we're at the point where software and technology and payments is a lot is going to force companies like Lavu, and we're already doing it, to help restaurants generate more revenue. That's what's really important, right? You don't want just a box, a dumb box. You want something that's really going to help you grow your business. 
pennies equal dollars and every dollar counts. So I'm with you on that. <laughs> and you also have a payment processing um, mm-hmm. feature as well, which is sort of a one-stop shop because everybody obviously needs processing of credit cards. And you offer very competitive rates. And is it transparent? Because let's let's go to the payment yeah. processing industry. Because again, my own experience going back there were so many sort of hidden charges. And if a card was compromised and somebody had to punch in the number digitally versus swiping a card and all these, you know, interchange fees and all this kind of stuff. And you'd get a statement that was very hard to make sense of. Has that all changed now? You know, I will say that uh, payment processing, subscribing to a payment processor is like buying a mattress. You never know what you're going to get. The same mattress could be rebranded at Costco and it's 500 bucks and you go to you know sleepies or something like that sure, it's sure. $3000 so you never know what you're going to get right. however i will say we try to be very very transparent with our customers we give them a schedule of what the charges are because those charges are coming from the payment processor that we're working with yes so we want to make sure what our customers are getting and i will say we offer our customers a flat rate that's really really important I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, we don't, you know, we we offer them a flat rate and we make sure they understand, you know, what to expect because a restaurant's margin is very, very thin, right? You're looking at 5%, maybe 10% net margin at best. Mm -hmm. Correct. And believe it or not, half of that margin is trapped in your payment processor. So if you're paying 4 to 5% on a payment processor, which I imagine a lot of your listeners are, please, please pick up the phone and call your processor and tell them to give you a better rate they will give you a better rate. You can now, call Livu if you want, but definitely <laughs> call your existing payment processor. Now, in my experience, I've always found out that it was a function of volume and the amount, not only of the amount of payments that were card-based payments, but really the dollar volume on an annual basis of a restaurant used to determine what percentage a restaurant paid. And unless you could show that you had significant volume and it was really worth the processor's time to give you a good rate, you wouldn't get one. Is mm-hmm. that similar the same? Because you said if yeah. you if you ask, if you don't ask, you don't get. I learned that a right. long time ago. But right, right, right. I mean. it, it you know volume does play does play a role in it. But again, with the uh, payments uh, have been commoditized over time, yeah, and so it, they will give you a better rate and the expectation for volumes have definitely come down. Okay. Let's move on. You talked earlier about inventory management and accounts payable and all these things. Can we do a deeper dive into both of those functions? And let's really give the operator a sense of how this is going to save them time, be more efficient. I know a lot of people in this business that Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it's like inventory is just one more of those details of a thousand details running my restaurant, but not taking inventory is like ripping up hundred dollar bills in your walk-in or leaving a stack of a hundred dollar bills there. Because unless you know what your true food, beverage and labor costs are, you know, you might as well be dead in the water. You're leaving lots of not only opportunity, but, yeah, and you mentioned the margins are so slim. So how does the inventory system help an operator? How does it work? Give me an idea of that. We we try to keep it very simple. So mm-hmm. we know what the true cost is and what the theoretical cost is. Yeah. And we and we basically have a system that allows customers to be able to measure what they've paid and what they think they're going to pay and how that measures up with recipes. So for example, if you're making soup, you know that there's certain ingredients that have to go into that soup. 
Right. And so you use the inventory app to be able to break it down into that recipe. So that soup costs you a dollar eighty-five to make, but you're selling it for eight ninety-five. You know that you're making seven dollars and ten cents on that on that meal, which is on that on the item, which is which is exactly what we want to be able to do is in order to help you succeed as a small business owner. So I'm hearing that the app will actually help you cost out your menu accurately. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. That's, that's that something so that we've spent a lot of time on. And, uh, you know, we have, a, a, I would say that's one of our largest software teams right now is inventory. You know, this, this, I have to bring this up because I do quite a bit of personal restaurant coaching. And the biggest thing that I found out is when, when restaurants design menus, Salim, they design, they should be designing it for three things. You want to obviously design a menu for appeal, variety to the customer, but most of all profit, you know, and, and a lot of these restaurants are getting the variety part and the appeal. Oh, this is a really appealing menu. There's a choice for everybody and, and everything, mm -hmm. but the spread difference in the different categories of what they're actually earning for a margin mm -hmm. on every dish is staggering once mm -hmm. we do the homework and they're losing dollars every time they sell this versus that because for whatever reason lower profit items are taking sales from they're more popular and all that kind of stuff it's crazy Yes. So it really helps to have a feature that, one, allows you to dial in the cost accurately of each menu item. And then the, you know, the product mix feature, which I'm sure you have, you know, the P-Mix report, where you yeah. can see the volume of sales of every single item over a date range, six months, a year, whatever it is. And then mm -hmm. suddenly, you know, you assign these values and you say, wow, this is only contributing this amount of profit, but it's outselling that by so many items. And now right. it's time to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> I work with a lot of restaurants to help them do that. But the first step is costing out the menu. And a lot of restaurants aren't even doing that. You have to be able, that's exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. You have to cost out the menu. You have to be willing to put in the effort. For right? sure. And that's, that's the, the more effort that you put in, you do the homework. Right. And you'll have, uh, you'll have something that you can build your base on. Mm -hmm. You've got to be willing to roll up your sleeves. Right. And then earlier you talked about just taking a picture of invoices and then sending it off into the cloud yeah. and then saves time, right? Yes. So again, it comes back to efficiency, making sure that your invoices are paid on time. You never want, you never want it to be Friday night when you expected to get a drop the, the morning of and you have 50 people at the door and you don't have any stake. Right. Correct. So you want to make sure right. that, that, that and, and look, that software goes uh, goes a really long way because then it, then you can print a report out that says, you know, your accounts payable are this, and, you know, it will allow you to make some suggestions on how to manage your cash. Mm -hmm. Okay, great advice. Let's talk about the onboarding process. Let's say I'm a new restaurant operator. I'm totally intrigued with this conversation and everything I'm learning about Lavu. First of all, I can go to your website and get a free yes. demo of how all this works, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is really awesome. So I want to encourage the audience, if you're looking for a new system or you're just thinking about it, you know, go to lavu.com and check out the free demo, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. We'd be happy to give you a demo. Look at the videos. We have a ton of content on pricing your menus, the ultimate restaurant guide, opening up your second location. You know, we really want to help. We don't view, we don't view our restaurant operators as customers. We really do view them as partners. 
And when I first joined, if I can just digress for Please. a second. Yeah, no, I first no. joined, right. I was like, what, you know, what's the mission here? Facebook is all about connecting the world. That's an amazing mission, right? Twitter is the same way. Twitter gives you access to people that you would never be able to communicate with. What am I going to do in this like POS business? And I thought about it. I said, look, and I looked at our customers or partners, who I call them. They're small business owners, right? And small businesses are very, very hard to run. You know, you've run startups. I've run startups. Uh, the yeah. presidential campaign is going on right now. They're talking about small business growth. And, and it's really about it's really about accomplishing or achieving the American dream. So our goal, our mission is to help every single one of our users of the Levu product be successful small business owners, right? And that's, I mean, that, that is our mission. And that's what we kind of build on. And, um, you know, just to take a little further, right now we're all dealing with the coronavirus. Right, uh, right. And oh, yeah, wanna, yeah. Right, we, we really want to stand by our partners. And what we've done is if your city or town is quarantined, and you are forced to shut down your restaurant, we will give you free software. So if you're shut down for a week, we'll give you a month. If you're shut down for two weeks, we'll give you two months. If you're shut down for three weeks, we'll give you three months, right? And so it doesn't cost us anything to run software or give you that incremental copy of software, except the hosting charges, but we want to make sure that we're good partners. So that's value added right there. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what we're talking about. It's not just about getting as many customers as we can. It's really about yeah. helping people succeed and giving them value to help them run stronger, more efficient businesses. That's absolutely right. That's mm -hmm. absolutely right. That's our mission. Okay. So I'm a new customer. Mm -hmm. Take me through the onboarding process. How easy is it to get this whole system up and running in my restaurant, get my staff trained, get all the menu items programmed in there, categorized correctly so that Bang. And then how easy is it after the fact? Because changes happen all the time. We change prices. Yeah. We change menu items. How easy is it to do it yourself? But one step at a time. Take me through yeah. the steps. So we've had, we've had customers who buy in the morning and they're up and running at night. That's we amazing. Actually, this is same day. Cities are, same day. Same day. So, you know, yeah. this was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I yep. personally sit in Miami. So uh -huh. we've had people that buy. And they say, hey, look, I need this tonight. We will go there and get them onboarded that day. Wow. More the, the average is probably one to two weeks. And the long poem, the tent, is adding your menu and customizing mm. your menu. Right. So our is. thought is, how can we get that? How can we improve that? So everybody knows about the business and web, web hosting provider called Shopify, right? Mm -hmm. Shopify has enabled thousands of retail customers. It's a five hundred dollar stock, amazing product, amazing company. What we're going to be doing with the menus is exactly what Shopify has done with their stores. So if you were mm -hmm. to go on to Shopify and you wanted to build a store, it's click, 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 and you know the simple way for you to be able to upload all the items that you're going to be selling. So we're going to be doing that. We're going to be moving away from kind of the human, human back and forth about menu management, uploading all that stuff. We're going to make it much easier for you. But today, it's about one to two weeks. We go through training. We go through, you know, we ask you very detailed questions about, you know, how you want your menu set up, the template layout. Is it a bar? Is it a, you know, or what kind of business is it? So we really try to hold your hand during that process. It's very, very white glove, and we want to make sure that you're set up for success. 
Does this, does all this happen remotely, Salim, or do you have the, dedicated people in the field as well? We we have dedicated people in the field to come and install. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and those people are professionals. They've installed thousands uh, in the U.S. and globally. But then, in terms of being able to upload your menu and work through the onboarding, that's all done by Zoom and by phone. Great. Okay, that's what I would expect. That well, it makes yeah. it easy and convenient for everyone. Awesome. Great. And then once everything is up and running and then somebody has a change, is it pretty easy to figure out? Everything else is intuitive. So now that I've learned the process, I should be able to change my menu, change my menu prices without too much difficulty as well. That's correct. And if you want to copy your menu uh, because you have a second location, you can can do that as well. So we've we've provided a ton of tools that allow you to do these things. We also even have add-ons like OpenTable, and uh, QuickBooks that you can just go into our control panel, which is access accessible only to you know the person with the highest level of security permissions, and they right, can add right. these things or change the settings as they wish. Oh, so you're integrated with QuickBooks as well. That's yes. very important. Yeah. Yes, I mean that's it's that's okay. pretty much the standard now for you know restaurant accounting. I, I used that's it right. for twenty something years myself. I still do actually. Yeah, that's good. helpful. Okay. Yep, absolutely. So we try, our, our philosophy is we're not going to be able to build everything, but we want you to have right. access to everything that you want, right? And so we have a number of different partnerships, as you mentioned, at the top of the call and integrations as well. Okay, let's talk about stored value and, and mm-hmm. gift cards, because every restaurant needs gift cards now as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's loyalty programs. Those are two separate and distinct things that work similarly because they're both MagStripe type cards mm-hmm. that track value, that track, you know, um, customer loyalty, all that sort of thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember this all being available back in the day, and I'm sure it's come light years ahead now. Let's talk about all the, uh, the features there. Sure. I mean, so we have we have Lavu Gift, uh, which is the gift card. You can you can swipe um, and like for example, if you're using another credit card processor, before you actually complete the purchase, if you send up send us the codes for those gift cards, we'll make sure that they're valid and they work within our system, so that you know that that's a liability that the restaurants have to carry. So we want to make sure that that's taken care of. Number one. Number two, we have a very robust loyalty program where folks can have their own app. Um, We have a number of restaurants that are using that, makes them look professional, polished, and keeps those customers coming back, right? Um, So we have that as well. Those are additional charges, but those are definitely two of the, two of the, two of the, I would say most, well, best sellers uh, in addition to the POS. Right. I remember we used those those features back in the day as well, and it was such yeah. an affinity builder with the restaurant. We had a huge mug club, you know, because we had a very large bar, and sure. as part of the value added, you know, we gave people what we called the kickback card, and every time they would spend any money in the place, it would sort of track their spending. We could program it to randomly award these customers prizes, prizes at different times, and exactly. we could track who the, you know, who the biggest spender was over the course of a month or three months, and we would reward these people, and it created yeah. tremendous value within the restaurant. So I think that's a really important feature as well. And a lot of restaurant owner operators, general managers should really take advantage of all these different features because they're business builders, they're brand builders, you know, that's I think right. it's yep. incredibly important. It'll keep people coming in and it'll help you increase your revenue. I mean, and 
And if they have a good experience, they're going to tell other people, right? Which means you, you can just focus on doing more of what you love. Well, fantastic. It's been super great talking to you today, Salim. Have we missed anything that you would like to talk about, whether the industry, about trends out there, um, the system itself, anything about LaVou that uh, you'd like to still mention? There's one thing that I did want to talk about, and that's our yeah. online ordering solution. It's yes, called let's Menu talk about Drive. Menu so Drive. Uh, it's called Menu Drive. Um, mm-hmm. We actually acquired Menu Drive in April of 2019. So it hasn't been too long since we've had it. Uh, it was, it's, it's exactly what you might think. It's an online ordering solution for small and medium-sized restaurants. And the reason why, you know, lately I've been just tinkering around with it and playing with it a little bit more and looking at the data, the reason why I think it's so powerful is right now, if you're a restaurant working with Grubhub, Uber Eats, or DoorDash, you're paying 30%. I know, I've heard that. order, which is insane, right? If I told you or I told my investors that, I have customer concentration of 30% of my business with one or two or three customers. Mm-hmm. They would, they would laugh at me. Right. And they would, or they would be very concerned. And then, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Right? So my, so what we've been doing is, and, and what we will do going forward is we want to give menu drive away for free. I want every single small and medium sized business restaurant to have menu drive. So just how Microsoft coined the term that Google was evil, we believe that Uber Eats, Grubhub, and DoorDash are evil because they are potentially taking 30% of your business. In an already slim margin business. Exactly. It's like, hello. But if if you can capture that customer through Uber Eats or one of those third-party delivery services the first time, and then they come and then you throw in a card in the bag that says, hey, next time, you get 25% off your order if you order on this website, which is a link that we'll build for you for free. Mm. Now you've captured that customer into your own mm-hmm. ecosystem. Right, and right. We're more, we're more than happy to do that. I want to swing the power back toward the small and medium-sized business. That's really powerful. Yeah. You that, can't that argue is, with that. Yeah, that is, that's huge for us. That's what, exactly what we're trying to do. Well, that's called a competitive advantage where I sit. <laughs> right. That's great. I love to hear that. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Salim. It's been great getting to know you and learning all about technology and how it'll help operators run a more efficient business. There's several features I think that uh, you know our audience should take a very close look at. And I definitely encourage you to go to the website and check it out. Get a free demo. It, it won't take much of your time and it'll help you make a better decision. So that, thank you. You're very welcome, Celine. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. We will see you all in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars podcast. podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.